Life, life happens with Pimelo Motine. All right, so we got uh, an email, a very short email, uh, late last night uh, from someone who was at a scene of an accident. So it was a collision between a cyclist and a vehicle around Parkview area. And this person was saying, you know, and I suppose that's what happens when you are in a in that kind of a situation. You get desperate. You really don't know who to call or whatever. Um, they're saying that they've been calling the um the ambulance there were injuries major serious injuries in fact they said and this is what they had to say they said the netcare 911 ambulance took 40 minutes to arrive and the city of Joburg EMS ambulance took an hour and uh, you know as soon as we got that um, we we wanted to know what's happened but you know it also struck me how the 40 minutes actually for many people in this country was fast I have heard horrific stories. So we decided to, you know, test it out and ask people, you know, how long it's taken. And the responses were staggering. Someone says, um, somewhere in Sunning Hill, it took 90 minutes. Someone says, well, I've waited uh, for an ambulance and the person died and nobody ever arrived. So, you know, I... I, I know that we, we seem to be always asking the difficult questions. That's actually not the point. The point is for us to highlight something that we could do better at. Okay. So we have reached out to the Department of, of Health. They didn't come back to us. They, they, they were just not responsive at all. We wanted to ask them, you know, what is their average response time? So we got nothing there. Um, and then we decided to ask around. So Jack Bloom is a DA shadow MEC for health in the Gauteng Provincial Legislature. Jack, thank you very much to res- for responding to our question. What is the average response time in Gauteng? Well, that's a very sore point, I have to tell you. The official figures that I get as the Gauteng Provincial Legislature Health Committee uh, official figures say that uh, just, uh, 80% of priority one calls, priority one is life endangering calls, are responded to within 15 minutes. 15 minutes, one five. Now, I've never believed those figures. Over the years, those were figures that the provincial government has given, and I've queried them every year. And in fact, uh, other members of the Health Committee and the Celtic Legislature from all parties have agreed that uh, the official figures are, are wrong. Because exactly as the example you've given, uh, people's experience with ambulances is if they phone them, they don't come within 15 minutes. You'd be lucky if they come within an hour. So I I think uh, we need to to query the official statistics. I I think it's got something to do with how they record it. When the call call comes in, to me the 15 minutes, 80% priority one within 15 minutes should be from the time that the call is taken. But I, I think they have a different measuring system. So, first of all, the call has to go to a call center, then it has to be dispatched to an ambulance, and the ambulance has to be around, the ambulance has to get there. Uh, I think there's delays all along the chain, but, but this really is no excuse because, uh, quite frankly, you know, lives are at stake. They always talk about the golden hour uh, that uh, people That's should it. be rushed to a, to a, to a hospital. And uh, in many instances, uh, people are not reached within that time period at all. Okay, so I've also got Kasim Lukwati, who is an acting general secretary at Denosa, on the line with us. Uh, Denosa is Democratic Nursing Organizations of South Africa. Thank you very much for joining us, Kasim. What's the re- what's the reason for for the for the delay? Uh, thanks for inviting us onto your show, madam. Uh, the delay, among other things, is poor management of the fleet. Number one, 
they don't have the the required number of ambulances to service the area. For example, if you go to the Eastern Cape, um, in the urban area, the expected time for response is 15 minutes, but you wait for an hour. Mm. In the rural areas, the expected time is 45. You wait three to four hours, or at most, you don't even receive those ambulances coming then. I mean, it's a uh, very, uh, very bad situation. So, and uh, I will not hesitate to, 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 to bring your attention to an incident that happened to my relatives hmm. just two days ago. Oh, my word. In, in, in Maritzburg area. Yes. Where he was distressed, he had respiratory problems, and the ambulance was called. The person stayed in Lion Park. It's not far from the city. Mm. The ambulance never came at all. You know, you know what's alarming about what you're saying, Kasim, is that um, I've often the stories come up. You will see these stories a lot on the newspapers about the fact that in a in a in a rural area nobody arrived in an informal settlement, nobody arrived. The excuses about the fact that yes, they get mugged, they're not safe. So the reason I bring this up is that you know if this can happen, for instance, in Parkview where there is no excuse, then what is the excuse? I, I, I want to reiterate, the excuse could be, number one, uh, misrepresentation and, and not giving true facts about the number of ambulances that are supposed to run. Say, for example, in, I'll, I'll make an example of the Eastern case. They're supposed to have 400 ambulances. Mm. And out of those 400 ambulances, only 200 are working. Sure. And they're supposed to have at least 600 ambulances to cater for the area. And then you go to the Northern Cape, uh, in Namakwa area, mm. you only have three ambulances. Oh, my word. And Namakwa is very vast. They have to elevate patients from that lower clinic to a higher level care of a hospital. Jack, what exactly is the number of ambulances we've got here in Gauteng in your jurisdiction? Well, you have to talk about um, working ambulances, and that's yes. the problem, because very often these ambulances end up for unexplained reasons being repaired for, for months on end. Uh, but I would say realistically on any one day, not probably between 400 and 600 ambulances, and we need at least uh, double that uh, uh, on our roads. So it is, a, I agree with uh, the NOSA spokesperson, very much a management issue. But uh, the shortage of, of ambulances always puzzled me because the Gauteng Provincial uh, budget for emergency services has never been spent uh, fully for the last uh, five, ten years. Uh, for some reason, they, they always say they're going to buy new ambulances, but at the end of the financial year, they haven't bought these ambulances. Uh, there's something very, very wrong there uh, that we, there isn't, I think there's a, a quite a large budget 
or provincial serv- management services, emergency services, they never spend it. And, and part of it is that they never buy the ambulances. And then they claim, then they, you know, they say, we can't perform because we haven't got ambulances. But then they don't use the money that's already there. It really is a pity that the officials didn't want to come on or at least ignored our messages because I would like to know, okay, let's just park the uh, procurement of ambulances for a minute and ask, well, of those, the ones that we have, what's so difficult about servicing the vehicle? Well, I think they need to, to have proper servicing workshops. Uh, I Look, I just really suspect a lot of corruption in this. It's not just mismanagement. I think that a lot of people making money out of uh, uh, various schemes. And uh, I think we, we need to, to, to fix it up, uh, root out all the inefficiency, mismanagement, and corruption, and get a decent ambulance service. Kasim, you, you have a, a bigger view, uh, a bird's eye view on the situation. You kind of understand the lay of the land in terms of countrywide a bit more. So what should happen? You know, you, you understand from the nurse's point of view, giving this insight from an internal point of view, as a member of the public, should I expect an ambulance service to at least say to me, well, you know what, we can't help you. Sorry, you're not coming. Because as I read the email, the one part of the email says, we wonder if we hadn't taken, if we shouldn't have taken the patient ourselves to the hospital. To be quite honest, I'd rather somebody tells me not to wait than to wait for someone who's never arriving. We have found that situation uh, prevailing in the Western Cape. Yes. In a facility, which is an eight-hour facility, Mm. if you phone an ambulance at 3 o'clock, rest assured you'll never get an ambulance. Goodness. And if the ambulance comes, it will come at 8 o'clock at night. So one nurse will have to stay with the patient. Mm. And after that patient has been transported, the nurse has to fend for herself to go back home. The employer is not coming to the party. All right, ex- explain it to in me. I'm, I'm not, Kasim, I'm not sure fa- what you mean. So are you saying that they deliver the nurse and then the nurse stays with the patient? No, the, when the nurse in the clinic yes. calls for an ambulance to take this patient to a higher level care. Oh, I see. The nurse has to wait with a patient because you cannot leave the patient gotcha. in the clinic yard. Yes, That's yes. an offense. Yes. The nurse will be charged. Yes. And the patient will, compl- uh, mm. will, will, will complicate. Mm. So the nurse has a duty and a responsibility to wait with the patient. Yes. And then she waits with this patient and the ambulance, at the grace of God, only comes around about 8, 9 o'clock. Goodness. To take the patient, then the nurse must find her own way to go back home. The uh, nurse would have gone off ordinarily at four o'clock, yes. so she cannot go home. She has to pay extra for the aftercare of a child in the in the school. Yeah. And she must hire an Uber to take her home. Your call has been placed on hold. All right, I'm going, to, I'm going to try and sort that line out. Uh, I think we've put him on hold by mistake. I, I want you to also call in. I want you to, to tell us your story. What has been your experience with the ambulance services? Um, people are saying 40 minutes, 15. In fact, the Gauteng uh, average that the officials give us is 15 minutes. I mean, I, I'm yet to hear somebody says that they arrived in 15 minutes. I could be wrong. If, if you've had a good experience, I'd also like to hear from you. 
But generally, you hear this, the excuses. You know, people mug them in certain spaces. They they can't get through because of all sorts of things. And I just thought, well, I don't I don't quite believe that all these excuses are fair excuses. So let's just unpack it. What has been your experience when you asked for an ambulance? Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. SAFM leading the conversation. Call Pimelo Mutine now. Our SMS's lines are also open for one three nine one. WhatsApp notes as well are welcome. Or your WhatsApp messages, oh six one four one zero four one zero seven. Our message, our our telephone line in the studio here is oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. And really, we're asking a simple question: What has been your experience with the ambulance services? We got an email last night saying, you know, I'm at my wit's end. I'm in Parkview. I have asked the services to come, ambulance services to come. One uh, took forty minutes and the other I think over an hour and uh, people you know we started then asking around and people have given us all kinds of shocking responses about how others just you know kept waiting and waiting and nobody ever arrived my guest this afternoon is Jack Bloom DA Shadow MEC for Health in the Gauteng Provincial Legislature Kasim Lekwati who is Acting General Secretary at Denosa now Denosa is Democratic Nursing Organization of South Africa thanks once again gentlemen for joining us uh, I just want to quickly go to the line as well as you listen in. Stephen is calling us from the Eastern Cape. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for calling. Hello, Stephen. All right. I'm going to quickly get back to my guests because we're struggling to hear Stephen. Jack, you 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 alluded to corruption. And and I wonder, you know, you are in their midst when when you ask the difficult questions, what's the response? Well, I, I, you know, I think there needs to be a proper commission of inquiry. We've seen uh, commission of inquiries into other areas. Uh, uh, I, I think that there's money being siphoned off. Uh, it's not by accident that uh, ambulances are perpetually being repaired. Um, you know, I suspect uh, that money is being stolen in one way or another and at the expense of the public because, uh, 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 you know, the budget is a large budget. It's never for some reason, never spent uh, in full every year, which is a management problem. Uh, but uh, we also have personnel problems. We're not training enough paramedics. And, and I hate to say it is now a safety problem because we've had certain areas where ambulances can't go in because mm. they get attacked. Uh, and the other, from the other side, the, uh, there, is a, there is a complaint that the public... Um, call in, you know, you've got to differentiate between all the three, the urgency of the call, you know, uh, priority one is a life-saving one, you have to be there as fast as possible, but there's priority two and three, and I, I think it's very important that uh, the ambulance service is able to categorize which are the really urgent ones, because sometimes they're told they're urgent, and they come there, and it's not urgent at all, or it might even be sadly a hoax. So I do think that the public has to be responsible in how they use the ambulance services. But on the whole, uh, I don't think that the public is getting a decent service. And I think that when the, the authorities give their official statistics, they, they should be realistic and accurate. But uh, when they give false statistics that nobody believes, I don't think that helps the situation at all. 
Yeah, I mean, I hear you, Jack, with regards to the public being being more responsible. But, you know, if I'm not a medical professional and it, someone looks like they are out of breath, I wouldn't know whether it's serious or not. So if you ask me to categorize it, if I'm panicking, I'm going to say, of course, it's serious because, you know, I don't really know what's going on. So it's, it's a bit unfair to leave and lay the blame on the public who doesn't understand what category the injury is if we don't know any better. No, no, I agree with you on that. Uh, I think the problem is that the call centers are not uh, professionally manned with people who can differentiate between the calls because I think it's very important for them to ask some key questions mm. so they can establish the, the real urgency of the call and, and make sure that the, the truly urgent ones are responded to as, as fast as possible. Now, I, you know, I, I really think that, of course, uh, the public... Uh, you know, can't be able to judge the, the re- urgency, but uh, and in, and we should try and get uh, ambulances as fast as possible to all the calls that come in. But uh, in a situation which we presently have now, limited resources, um, I think they need to to be able to sort out the, the the truly urgent calls from ones that that may not be. Quick response from you, Jack. So the ambulance service, uh, this is a responsibility of the provincial government, not the city. Well, it's a split responsibility. Uh, constitutionally, ambulances fall under uh, the Gauteng province. Uh, it's delegated to the cities, but the cities and the provinces never worked well together. I think that's part of the problem. Uh, I think it's problematic that uh, province, provincial ambulances and city ambulances, uh, uh, as I said, do not work well together. It's one of the management problems that have to be sorted out. There's presently a standoff between the city of Johannesburg and the Gauteng Health Department Scouting Health Department wants to provincialise the service. Uh, I think they need to come to a, a proper compromise uh, and just make sure whatever level the ambulance service is provided, uh, it needs to be provided uh, professionally and quickly and uh, without corruption and uh, efficiently. All right. Let's go quickly to Stephen in the Eastern Cape. I think we've, we've got you on a better line, Stephen. Hi. Hi. Um, is that Mrs. Chaba? It's not Mas Chaba. She's only coming in much later. It's Pimelo. Oh, okay. Sorry. Nice talking to you, uh, Stephen. My name is Pimelo. Pimelo. Oh, yes. Thanks uh, for taking my call and uh, to everybody uh, uh, in the studio. Yes. I've had an awkward experience. It's a number of years back, but I, I just it just can't leave me. I was a reservist police a few years back, mm. and we were patrolling uh, uh, sort of, uh, you know, areas where there's uh, nightclubs and, and uh, liquor outlets. And we, uh, as we were patrolling there, we, we found uh, uh, some uh, uh, youngster running from out uh, from the pavement where there's k- kind of dark trees and shade. It was nighttime, and then he was running to the middle of the road or to cross the road, and he dropped in the road. Mm-hmm. And as we went to go see what is happening, we discovered that he was stabbed. <gasps> but as we just got to him, there was an ambulance. Now, this is in the CBD of town. Yes. And it is like... 250 meters or 300 meters from uh, uh, from the intersection going up to the hospital. So yes. let's say five meters to the actual door of the hospital. Yes. There comes the ambulance, probably dispatched to somewhere. So all right, we stop this ambulance. This uh, uh, youngster is being stabbed. It's a young man. Mm. Youngster has been stabbed. We didn't see who stabbed him because now there's nobody there. The guy went back into the club or whatever. The ambulance guy stopped, looked at him, went back into the van. Took their, but walking, took their crates, their, their, their case, um, emergency cases from the ambulance, yes. get to him, uh, cleaned up, put a uh, uh, drip on, 
And and uh, while they're still looking for a vein to get a drip, yes. the guys start putting back their stuff in the ambulance. Yes. And I mean, this is minutes after the incident happened. Yes. But he must have been a serious, it must have been a serious uh, a, a stab shot or something. Yeah. They put everything back and they walk back to the ambulance, get in. They don't even report to us as police now on the scene there. And and I went to them and I said, guys, what's happening? He says, no, it's passed on. Nobody tried getting in the ambulance, rush him up to the hospital or even try uh, oxygen or anything or nothing. They just left him on the scene there and got back into the ambulance. And, and as, as, as then I went to them and asked them, guys, what's happening? They says he's deceased. Wow. And then they drove off. <gasps> my goodness. Now, Stephen that had... to me, to me, that can, uh, I'll probably in my lifetime, I'll never forget oh. that. It was traumatic. I just, it, it, it spooks with me. Stephen, what, what a traumatic experience. Thank you very much for your experience. I mean, sharing that with us. We'll continue with this conversation. I see your calls, Malusi. I see you, Angie. I will get back to you, Kasim and Jack. Just stay with me. It is now 1.30. Let's go quickly to Uzi Lesaku with the latest in headlines. SAFM, leading the conversation. Life happens with Pimelo Motine. Thanks for staying with us. I, can, I promise to continue with this conversation just for a few more minutes where we are talking about the, the response time, ambulance response time. I do see you, my guests. Uh, Jack Bloom is joining me on the line, DA Shadow MEC for Health in Gauteng, and Kasim Lekwati, who is Acting General Secretary at Donosa. They're also with me. I want to go quickly first to Angie in the Free State. Angie, thank you very much for your patience. Hi. Hello, Angie. Have I got Angie or oh, let me go to Malusi then? Malusi in Limpopo, hi. Hi, good day, Arsenal. How are you? Um, well, thank you for calling, Malusi. Yes, I just want to tell you my experience, actually, just closer. Mm-hmm. In 2016, I was still in Cape Town. My family, my parents, we are staying in Brantisha. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened? Um, I got a call from my mother. Mm-hmm. That uh, my father is actually having issues with health. Mm. They waited for an ambulance from two o'clock in the morning until he passed away around four in the morning. Sure. So actually, it never pitched. Wow. That day. So wow. we tried to consult contact the city of Johannesburg and all that. So there was never a help until we buried him. So that is the experience we have. So I'm just saying that the politicians need to understand that whatever action they do, whatever send they are investing in health health department, if someone steals it, they're stealing someone else's life. They're robbing someone else's family breadwinner. That that's Thanks, really hard. that's really heartbreaking, Kasim. I mean, these stories that we've just heard—they they are shocking. And and where you sitting now? What's our recourse as the public listening to this? Listening to you as somebody from the the, the nursing fraternity, you seem to also be, you know, out of answers. What what do we do? I, I think as nurses, we are more frustrated when we experience the, the bad end of the response time of ambulances, mm. especially in uh, clinics which are far from the hospital. Mm. A patient comes, she's pregnant. This person, patient is classified, cannot be delivered in the clinic, has to be transported to the hospital. And you make numerous, numerous calls mm. 
and they just keep on promising they're coming. And when the patient finally gets to the hospital, that the, the delivery is compromised. Mm. And who do they blame? The nurses. Mm. That we did not do Enough. what we're supposed to do. Mm. And the delay, really, it, it, is, it is unfortunate and it should never happen. Mm. I would say, I think the problem will be the spacing of ambulances to proximities to areas where the need arise. I'll take you through to the Northern Cape, for example. Mm. In Alexander Bay, the ambulance base is in Springbok, which is two hours away from Alexander Bay. Oh, my word. You have to drive, dispatch ambulance from Springbok to go to Alexandra and come back to Springbok. Mm. That is unacceptable. The other problem is they don't have staff. There's a serious shortage of staff. They procure ambulances. The ambulances are standing there, but they don't have the staff to to drive and manage these ambulances. And not just personnel. Trained personnel is also a problem. I mean, I, I must say, gentlemen, I, I'm I'm kind of left feeling a bit like we we haven't come up to the bottom of this whole thing. We don't have a solution. We we're raising the issues, but we don't have answers. No one's here to answer us. Look, Jack, you you are almost closer to these people than we are. What 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 is your responsibility? What are you going to do to bring this to the fore and so that we can get some action? Well, I think that there needs to be inquiries into, in this particular instance as well, the particular example that you've raised. But uh, every time there's a, a situation when the ambulance doesn't arrive, I think uh, there needs to be a proper response and inquiry. Why did it happen? Uh, and uh, what's being done to fix it. Uh, I, I do think that there needs to be accountability at all levels, um, that money that is available must be spent on ambulances. The ambulances should be in functional working order. They should be staffed by, by trained people. The call centers should be professionally managed because that's often a weak uh, point as well. And that we do have the the, the, the world-class times that they, they claim they have, but they don't have. I mean, we should have uh, uh, emergency calls responded to within 15 minutes. So uh, we should be told that with safe statistics, it should be the reality. And I hope there's enough public pressure so that that happens. That's very much for that, Jack Bloom, DA Shadow, MEC for Health in Gauteng Provincial uh, Legislature. Kasim, I mean, our hearts are with you because you have a tough job here. And here we are asking you the tough questions. Kasim Lukwati, Acting General Secretary at Donosa. Thanks very much for the work that you do. And, and uh, we will keep doing our bits to, to raise the concerns that you raise with us, Kasim. Thank you. All right, we've got a a voice note coming through, and this is not a question. I suppose it's just uh, reacting to what we've just been discussing. You can also give us a call if you like on 0891104207. Here's a a WhatsApp message before we go to the voice note. Government provides insufficient ambulances, and the private sector, as a result, targets townships and towns and leaves rural areas. Governments should make provision to increase ambulances' fleet, especially in rural areas. This is Delta. Uh, sending us a message there from Limpopo. Let's go to a voice note. Good afternoon, Miss Moten. You know what is happening here in KZN is that if you call for an ambulance and the ambulance doesn't arrive and then you ask for a friend or a relative to take you by car to the hospital, those people who came by the ambulance are those who are given preference other than you, regardless of whether you've called an ambulance earlier on. What they do, they'll say, 
we are attending the person who came with an ambulance then you'll come last that's what happened to me i had an accident i think it was in 2003 on Car road and then i called an ambulance i was bleeding heavily and being unconscious the ambulance didn't arrive then my a friend of mine took a u-turn came took me to the hospital when i came to the hospital they said no you have to wait at the benches we are going to help the people who came with an ambulance then after that i decided to go to the loo and we then i said come on my friend let's go home i asked my friend my girlfriend who was a, a nurse by then she had all the surgical equipment at home she gave me a couple of stitches in my in my head and stopped the bleeding uh, thank thanks i'm alive thank you very much Oh, Batong. Thanks, I'm a love. I mean, that's that's heartbreaking. Okay, my commitment is that we're going to get to the try. I mean, I don't think we'll get to the bottom of it entirely, but try. So we'll make it our business to do to to reach out again to the Department of Health, both provincially and locally, and try and see if we can't get some sort of response. That's all I can commit to you, so that we get to the bottom of this. These things are never fixed overnight, but at least what we can do is to ask the hard questions, and that I can commit to, and we'll bring it to you as soon as we get them to be available to us.